Hey, handsomes. Did you know that we finally have a weekly comic book podcast on this goddamn network? Series Issues is all new and all different, hosted by our good friend Levens from the infamous Blink-182 episode and rotating guests from across the Sans Pants radio lineup. Up next is episode one of the brand new season, and if you like what you hear, you can listen to episode two, where we talk about Jackson's love of hobos and the beginning of me becoming a dune boy. Sam Pets Radio, Australia's coolest podcast network. Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of uh, Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast. My name is Andrew Levins and joining me today, I have Joel Zammett and Jackson Bailey. Hello, hello. Uh, Thank you. Kings, kings, kings. king and queen. <laughs> yeah, of, kings and queens. Sans Pants Radio Network. That is who we are, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think like, mm, like dunce and dunce. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the two head dunces. So you've. Probably, you know, if you're familiar with this feed, this podcast, Serious Issues, you've definitely heard my voice way too many times on it. So, hearing me at the start, no surprise. Maybe me mm. saying the word weekly for the uh, first yeah. time in, in years is, comes as a surprise to you. But uh, guess what, everyone? Serious Issues is going to be a weekly comic book podcast again. Uh, we started many years ago, uh, and for the longest time, myself and Siobhan Coombs uh, hosted the podcast uh Every single week, and we reviewed sometimes more than 60 single issues of comics per episode. (laughs) And Jesus, no, believe it or not, everyone, (laughs) we burned out. (laughs) What? (laughs) Look, fair, hey, fair call. (laughs) That's insane. (laughs) I'm shocked. Uh, shocked to hear. So all those episodes exist. You can revisit that era of serious issues and and wonder how we didn't lose our minds, or maybe we did. You can let us know if we did. <laughs> Your uh, call. Whenever, whenever you like to. But this is uh, season two. This is all new, all different serious <laughs> issues. Um, we're going to be a weekly podcast again. I'm going to host every episode. Siobhan Coombs will be making appearances when she's able to fit us into her busy work and parenting schedule, work, parenting, and comic book reading yeah. schedule. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. still reading him. Don't worry, everyone. Everyone was worried. <laughs> she's still reading him. Not 60 a week, but she's yeah, still reading yeah, him. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, previous guests of the podcast like Connor will make appearances and others as well. Um, but most excitingly, uh, every single week, I'll be joined by at least one, two, or even three mm. of uh, my favorite folks over at Sans Pants. Uh, because, I mean, you. I know I know you guys sure. all somehow in amongst, like like me, you know, we, we play too many video games. Mm. We uh, What's the other thing that we do? Uh, we do movie? some yeah, what second thing, TV thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. but also <laughs> we read too many comics. We definitely host too many podcasts. Yes, uh, yeah, 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 but, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Do that. Uh, yes. Um, but we all, we all, we all read comics, and mm. so yep. I wanted to change the format of this podcast so any of us can come on and do this podcast. Um, you guys, um, Jackson and Dammit, both uh, host a podcast called Thumb Cramps, along with Joel Dusha, who will also be appearing on Serious Issues, um, and. The format of that podcast is each of them talk about a video game that they've been playing that week, every week. And I thought, hey, that makes just as much sense as that for comic books. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, it's not 60 games in a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God, that would be insane. The longest podcast ever. <laughs> it just never stops recording. It's yeah. just, yeah, yeah. You finish the 60th and then you hit You've start on the next count. episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just very... It's just, 
doing 60, like reading 60 comics in a week is very reminiscent of when I used to like collect hard copy, like floppies of, of comics. Mm. Oh, yeah, I was where doing I, that, yeah. I, I think I got to a point where I'm, I definitely burnt maybe one or two comic book shops where they had like a pull order that I just ghosted. Oh, that's... So I can only imagine like <laughs> no, this no. thick stack oh, of comic God. books that they're like, he's coming back, right? Yeah. He's going to be here. He will buy these comics. He wants these right? variants. Then, yeah, yeah. Then at some point, they're going to be like, let's put them on the shelf. Let's put them on the shelf. <laughs> let's put them in the dollar bin. That- yeah, uh, so I w- we were actually work we were recorded from Kings Comics in Sydney, uh, which still exists. You can check them out at kingscomics.com. Um, and I think it was being at the uh, being at the store, seeing all the comics on the shelf, and them going, "Yeah, just borrow whatever you want." And oh, I said, no. "Well, you know, almost it was like that." You know, which comics do you want to borrow, Levens? Oh. Yes, <laughs> and just yeah. reading, a kid at a candy store. Oh no, that's mm. dangerous. Yeah. And like, especially because I, I swear, if you go back and listen to those uh, old episodes, I'm like, oh, I hated this. Oh, I definitely <laughs> yeah, yeah. hated this. This this comic destroyed my soul. Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> Because Marvel and DC put out way too many comics every single week. Absolutely. So that's where the majority of my burnout came from. Mm. Um, so I mostly read manga these days, but um, occasionally we'll read the odd uh, highly recommended uh, uh, superhero or other crime uh, crime crime comic books are one of my favorites and i think we share an interest in that jackson yeah absolutely um, yeah um but if you're familiar with uh with many many long episodes of of sans pants podcast particularly episodes of plumbing the death star you'll know that zamet is a huge freak for yes. x-men oh yeah oh yeah that uh, too most yes. most marvel <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> Uh, and there have been times I, I know I've heard you stop yourself from ranting mm. about the current state of uh, of certain superhero it comics. Definitely, and always feels like standing on a landmine with Zamet. You like, mm. you have just an idle, simple question where you're like, <laughs> "What's I don't know, Professor X up to these days?" And then he opens his mouth and you're oh, like, well, "I <laughs> wanted a one sentence answer, but um, I wish I was talking about sixty video games right now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so this is an outlet for for Zamet now too, and Jackson Finally. as well, and mm. and Dusha and. I reckon Tom Walker reads comics, yeah, and, uh, and uh, a, a plethora of uh, mm. of Sans Pants uh, radio hosts will now appear on Serious Issues. But most importantly, it's weekly again. We'll be reviewing less comics overall, but there'll be more episodes and therefore more content. What exactly. more could you want? Well, yeah, what do you what do you want from us? <laughs> <laughs> this is what you get. Yeah, leave us alone. Stop yelling this at me. This is exciting. Yeah. Be happy. <laughs> I get to talk about X Men, and I'm pretty happy with that. Sometimes I feel like I treat the listeners like I'm like a like a bad dad at a birthday party, and I'm like, "Why aren't you smiling? It's happy. <laughs> Blow the candles out. <laughs> you liking the party, aren't yeah. you? You liking it? Fun. Put down the video game. Ah, kid, always put on away the phone. your Game Boy. Come on, experience the world. Dance with Grandma. You know? This is just the, this is what the podcast is now. Just you guys <laughs> yelling and and me forgetting what we were talking about oh, yeah, before yeah, you yeah. started yelling. Um, yeah. So on the podcast today, um, Zamet, you're going to review Planet Size X Men. Yes, a yes. single issue of the yes. comic that came out a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Jackson, what are you reviewing? I'm going to review. I think only three issues are out at the moment, but it's a, a comic called Sarah Jewel and the House of Lost Horizons, which is a Dark Horse comic set in the Hellboy verse. Um, Excellent. So that's what I'll be I'll be looking at. And I'll be reviewing a manga series called Toratan Birds of a Feather. Ooh. Let's mm. get right into it, Zamet. Mm. Tell me about Planet Size X Men. 
Well, so Planet Size X-Men, I think, is, uh, as we all know, a uh, mm-hmm. play on, I guess, Giant Size X-Men, yeah. where uh, back in the 70s when they were trying to, uh, I guess, revamp the series, they decided to get the five original X-Men. They chuffed them off to an island somewhere, and so we got the brand new, all different, all exciting X-Men, all from around the world. We've got Colossus and mm-hmm. Nightcrawler, Wolverine, all your old favourites. Thunderbird, Wolverine. he died pretty quickly. Thunderbird? Sounds like a spread. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, th- uh, Thunderbird? Thunderbird, he died in, like, uh, the almost the next issue. He was, like, <laughs> yeah. a native American mutant, they were like, let's chuck him on! Kill him off! I don't need to worry about Thunderbird, that's what I'm hearing. Uh, and again, it was a big shake-up of the status quo. You got Storm there, Banshee. So you mm-hmm. got like Ireland, Africa. Oh, all the different Fabulous. nations in the world have mutants. Uh, and so with planet-sized uh, uh, X-Men, it's another big shake-up of, of the status quo that is the current X-Men, uh, I, I, I guess, storytelling. Because again, in the last year, maybe two, uh, X-Men have just had this giant revamp because boy, how did it get silly and stupid and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we had the, the, the age of X-Men, which was just terrible. And then yeah, what please came tell me your lo- what's the lowest point that you have in it as an X-Men Great reader? question. Uh, lowest point. I mean, there's so many, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's grim. That's grim to hear. That's a, that's a stone cold bomber, man. <laughs> Uh, there's just so much garbage that just kind of gets produced. Like, oh, what's this? Oh, no. I think Avengers. No, sorry, not Avengers. Uh, Inhumans versus X Men was pretty bad. Like yeah, we, that we, we covered be... that. That was like one of the last things we covered before we stopped being weekly. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. There again, it was it was just this terrible time in in Marvel's history where they're like, we don't own the rights for the movies for X Men, but we do own Inhumans, so we're going to push Inhumans mm. a lot, and no one cares. Yeah, but they still tried their damnedest to the point where, like, okay, it's not working. What if we actively killed off the X Men because it was the Inhumans' fault, but made the X Men the villains? Wow, and people were still like. No, we still hate this. Well, because were they like, okay, you don't care about, we need you to care about the Inhumans. Yeah. So Wolverine's dead, and now you care about Blackagar Baltagon. Yeah, okay? yeah, 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 yeah. That's so what you thing, should there be were caring. Some, there were some genuinely good Inhumans comics at the time, but mm. like you have one of the strongest fan bases ever in X-Men readers. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were revolted. Never, yeah, exactly. You revolted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, no, I'm not, I'm not having any of this. I'm not doing it. Like, Blackagar Boltagon was like, okay, we're going to release the Terrigan Mist all over the world yeah. so that, you know, uh, people who may or may not be inhumans or who, who don't know that can become inhumans, which is basically like mutants. You know, it just happens randomly. And we're like, nope, still don't care. Okay, what if the same mist killed mutants? And we're like, <laughs> that, we really don't like that. And, and then it so just got worse. That's so transparent. I think also around the same time, bad. Black Bolt died. Probably, yeah. <laughs> so, so the X-Men and Black Bolt died at around the same time. <laughs> and they killed off Cyclops, uh, which was which was beautiful as well. They killed, off, they killed off all of the Jamie Maddox, the Madrixes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was one the, of my like favourite characters of uh, yeah. the, the X-Men franchise. Uh, so that was pretty There's big low point. There's a lot of him to kill. Yeah, oh, so many. That doesn't sound so easy. Uh, so that was low. But also, again, the 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 story that happened just before Hickman just came on and was like, "We're just revamping it because th- they just felt like we're it's our last hurrah." And so they tried to cram a lot of '90s X-Men bullshit into the comics. Um, and I was like, who is this for? Me? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but they did it in such a bad way. Like, mm. Magneto appears, and everyone's like, who's this guy? And they're like, oh, it's Joseph. You remember Joseph? And I was like, I do. No one else yeah. should. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was really bad. How many other, how many X-Men comics do you reckon, like, single issues of X-Men comics do you think you've read over the years? 
I, it I mean, would be up up in the thousands, I think. Wow. Is there like a period I, I, that you haven't read? Um, so I, I didn't read from, I, I want to say like the Hope, side, like when Hope came into it. Yep. Uh, who is the, um, I, I guess, daughter of uh, Cable, or like the adopted daughter of Cable. So um, after that, that, that's sort of when I dropped off the face of, uh, of X-Men, where I'm like, I've had enough. <laughs> uh, this is, seems like it, it was a bit of a high because it was a uh, it was like the Messiah complex and it's like a bit of a high. The art was really good. The storyline was somewhat coherent, and I was yeah. like, okay, I'm not going to get this for a while again. So I think this is a good, <laughs> you know, just dropping off point. I'm would you, done. Would I'm you ever done. go back? Would you ever go back and read the comics you missed? I oh, have. Oh, and oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like okay, the, cool. all the Jason Aaron Great. stuff that kind of came out of that. Mm, he, mm, he started mm. on Wolverine shortly after Messiah complex. I think. Okay. That's yeah. good. Somehow I find the X Men just really exhausting. I don't know why. why? Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. What, <laughs> what yeah, part what, of the yeah, last ten minutes? <laughs> I, I find out recently um, that Mystique had a kid with Xavier, but also had a kid with Wolverine, mm. and and they were like into the far future. But then they came back to the past to like screw things up, and it was it was uh, a slog. Yeah, a slog yeah, to get X- through. X Men, as well as having like one of the most insanely large character rosters, <clears throat> um, also some of the most in- insane time travel hijinks as yeah. well. Yeah, it's a bold combination. Mm. <laughs> and don't wrong, I'm a big fan of like the original, like uh, uh, like what Cable did and Hall, him like going to the future to kind of fix his techno organic virus. But then you're like, okay, yeah, he's into the future and he comes back. But then they're like, what if we fuck it up more? And Jean Grey and Cyclops go into the future anyway, but not as Jean Grey and Cyclops. But they call themselves Red and Slim. They'll raise him, but they won't tell him that they're actually his his actual parents. He won't figure that out for a while. Anyway, he's back now. Oh God! It's so it just it always feels like I'm at a party full of people I don't really know, and I'm I'm like I I don't know how to interact with any of these people, and I'm hearing all of their drama, and I'm like oh. Oh yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Who had a kid? I don't know that guy. But, oh, I'm excited. That sounds nice. Oh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a beautiful soap opera that I love and adore. So, yeah, fair enough. Uh, so yeah, so recently uh, they've just revamped X Men to be the best it's ever been in a long, long time. Thank you for um, Hickman coming in and being like, let's just reboot. Let's just do some good soft rebooting, hard rebooting. Who gives a fuck? There's like things you remember. We might include them. Things you might not. Who cares? They might. They might be the forgotten years or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so they've just been like, right. So after this, all this bullshit that happened with uh, setting up so the mutants now live in an island called Krakoa mm-hmm. um, so they, they had this called uh, X of Swords crossover which involves like other world and magic and bullshit and the big takeaway there is that there was another island, a uh, uh, living island. Krakoa is a living island. There's a second living island called Aroka. Uh-huh. Um, and, and the two so, of them once were, were a planet, right? Yes. Or well, either a big planet or a big island. It's all to do with apocalypse. What, and, what, was, what was the combination of Krakoa and Aroka called? Oh, God. Yeah, you're testing my Krakoraka. <laughs> Surely it was called Krakoraka. Surely. <laughs> Tell me what's called Krakoraka. Let's say yes. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome news. And yeah, like uh, when Apocalypse was first around, his first horseman. So Apocalypse. Uh, you've been I know he's got big, four horsemen. Big blue dude. And yep. he's got like horsemen of like whatever. And his wife mm-hmm. was also there. And they're like, there was some bullshit that went down by like a being called Annihilation, I think. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we've got to stop uh, these people from invading. And so they're like, right, my horsemen and my wife, you go in there and I'll stay out here and protect 
uh, what is now Earth, and Araka goes in there. And so you've had like millennia of evolution where these mutants in particular, who grew up in Araka, yeah, Araka, sorry, uh, they are uh, basically hardened by war because they're constantly fighting, and so they're like more of a hardened race. Okay. Anyway, long story short, uh, that now that island now gets got transported to Earth. Uh huh. So now you have Cro- uh, 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 uh and uh, Araka. Uh-huh. Kind of joined together, anyway, because sure. now uh, you you have these these like million more mutants have just popped up uh, uh, for no reason. Everyone's like that's 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 sus, mm. but because they're more of a, a warlike mutant and they've sort of grown up where where like you know uh, survival you of the fittest. Exactly. Yeah. Thing, um, they're just kind of like causing a bit of uh, problems around Earth. So then Magneto has an idea to be like, right, let's terraform Mars and give it to them and that Mars can be the new, I guess, capital of the soul system. And um, oh. uh, uh, and basically that can be... We're, we're claiming Mars for mutantdom. And so planet-sized X-Men... Ah, the planet uh, is Mars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it okay. involves gathering all the Omega-level mutants, so the Omega-level mutants, of course, being sure. mutants who have uh, basically just have like the upper limit of their particular power. So you've got Magneto because he can do shit with uh, magnets. Mm-hmm. That's real great. And you've got iron. Storm who can yeah. do shit with like uh, weather. You've got Vulcan who does shit with, like I don't know, volcanoes maybe. I don't Earth. know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got man. Hope. Yeah. Ice Man, he does um, uh, molecular uh, manipulation with his ice. Yeah. Uh, you've also got Hope, who can kind of like boost everything. And you've got a couple of like telekinetic and telekinesis people as well. Sure. Basically, they all come together and you've got like Exodus. You all come together and they're like, right, we're going to reality bend and all this stuff to finally make Mars habitable. And they do it, okay. and it's a great, it's a great comic. I love it so much. Uh, the artwork in this one in particular is just beautiful. So it's, um, it's written by Jerry Duggan with art by Pepe Larraz. Larraz has done majority of um, the reboot art. Mm-hmm, He's mm-hmm, in one mm-hmm. of the more prominent artists in in this current run of X Men. And Jerry Duggan, he's in writing Marauders. Yes. One of the new recent X-Men books and Wolverine, are they his two books? Or Cable? I can't remember one of them. I think it was Wolverine. And 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 like yeah, I think Hallian... No, no, like Wolverine the- is Benjamin Percy. So I think, yeah, Duggan's been doing Cable and Marauders. Mm. Mm. So yeah, all the new X books are just like... Some of them are a lot better than others. And I, and I think like when they, when they first launched them, there were a couple of like... I would say near misses. Like Fallen Angels. Very uh, short which was like yeah, yeah, short run, and thankfully it was a short run because it was not very good. But like a few of them, like, he- like um, Helians or Hellions in particular, is like one of my personal favorites. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so they've uh, just decided to terraform Mars, basically do what like humans will do in several several generations to be like we're doing in three hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's again setting up this status quo. They get the reality bender Jamie Madrix, not Jamie Madrix, sorry, Jamie Braddock. Yep. And uh, uh, who is currently king of one of the other world uh, realms. Yep. And they're like, hey, we we have an idea. We're going to have a wild weekend with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come up over here. We need your help. Come over. We need a reality bender. Um, and they're like, I have, I've, got, I've got an idea for, because uh, when they do everything, they're like, we're missing a something. We're yeah. missing like a, maybe a protection of this new, new Mars. They're like, hey... We're going to give you an idea, and you're going to give birth to that idea. And he takes it literally. There's a bit of an impreg in X-Men, which is great. He gets a big old belly, and then he births a giant sword, as in S-W-O-R-D, a sword station. A huge space station. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's and Jean Grey has to chuck into the uh, uh, the so atmosphere as it gets it. big. Magneto catches it with his magnesium oh, mag- magne- magnetic powers. It's beautiful. It's so good. My lord. And this is great. all happening, all happening at the Hellfire Gala, which is like the very first, uh, like the, the mutantdom being like, we're going to have a big old ball. Mm-hmm. And I think some of you might have seen some of the wacky costumes the X-Men were wearing They're for the crazy. Hellfire Gala. And this was them showing off to the world, flexing their might, flexing their money, flexing their powers. And also, fuck you, we've terraformed Mars <laughs> <coughs> as their big sort of like grand finale, which is like got some ramifications happening in all the other Xbooks because everyone's like, well... Fuck, I yeah, guess. It's, a, it's uh, kind of a big deal. It's, it's kind of, yeah, probably going to yeah. gonna affect some things. Mm. I mean, it's, it's just, yeah, again, it's setting up that status quo. And I really like the, like the reason why they're doing like all this from, like, you know, uh, Magneto's perspective being like, hey, Arokians, you're uh, a bit violent. Uh, let's just give you a whole planet uh, to deal with and we'll go from there because uh, otherwise you're going to cause some strife. <laughs> Uh, down on Earth, and um, yeah, it's just it's interesting seeing like how they how they're doing and what they're playing with. Because again, you, when you look at like kind of mutantum in in the Marvel universe, they've always been like humans. We hate them. Yeah, uh, I wish they'd fuck off. And so now they're basically well, we're fucking off to our own island, and then we're fucking off to a different planet. And the uh, human's still not happy. It does feel like a huge status quo change, like maybe the biggest ever that's happened sort of like uh, yeah, yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, mutants yeah, yeah. In, in, in comics. I mean, yeah. like, that's a huge claim, but it, it feels <laughs> I would say big. with Krakoa and then this, it's yeah. just kind of like the one-two punch of kind of like really shaking up what mutants are because they've really kind of been stagnant for the longest time. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of like there's so many, like how many stories can we get where it's like, ah, oh, yeah, Hum- like you know, humanity hates and fears the X Men because they're different. Yeah, and then you're like, oh yeah, Cyclops, he shoots fucking lasers out of his eyes, but Captain America, we love him. Yeah. He's just strong. That's not scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Captain America has a cameo in this. In the in the closest mm. thing to conflict, this uh, this issue has. What I mm-hmm. liked about the issue the most is there's no fighting in it. It is just <laughs> it's just a whole comic about terraforming Mars. Yeah, that, that but, is uh, great. Uh, Captain America calls Cyclops to the uh, the now like like dilapidated like mm. uninhibited um, uh, X mansion, um, and and he's like, hey, so there's like a million more mutants in in, in, the, in the, on the world now. What are you going to do about it? And then Cyclops is like, just you wait. And then that's the end of the scene. So, <laughs> <laughs> I know Captain's like, yeah, I'll wait. Okay, that sounds good. Sure. <laughs> All right, good. It'd be so funny, like writing like a street level, like you know, writing like a Luke Cage comic at Marvel yeah. right now, because you yeah. have to have like you know. Obviously, people in the world are going to be talking about the fact that, like, a mutant race just terraformed Mars. Yeah, it's it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it and I really like like the hints to other things as well that are sort of going on the wider sort of like Marvel universe because they reference, um, I think it's like Makeda, who is like this mutant that really only ever appeared in like a, like a run of X Factor like just in like during like the 198 days where he disappears into like a bunch of butterflies at some point I think from memory sure. anyway, you, remember the, you remember the 198 days Jackson yeah, 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 do yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't you when there was like, only 198 mutants left he after... became butterflies Levens <laughs> I yeah you think this doesn't make sense to me after Wanda said no more mutants uh huh you know remember that 
I, I do remember that. I mean, I don't remember that, but I know of it. <laughs> this was after they, they, they make the uh, 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 the House of M series. Mm-hmm. You know, where mm-hmm. mutantdoms... You know, you know that thing? And like Magneto becomes like king of all the land. Sure. And they realise it's a reality thing. And then, un- unfortunately, Magneto kind of lashes out and kills Pietro, which is why... You remember all I this. I remember all of it. Absolutely. 198 yeah, or whatever. And they're only reduced to like only 198 mutants. Anyway, so they... they, they reference him to be like, oh, we need a reality bender and they're like, well, you know, he's he's not around to, to help, sort of help us out. They reference Legion, Xavier's son, they're like, he's a bit too unstable at the moment, so we don't trust him. And they then reference they reference Franklin, Franklin Richards, yeah, yeah to be like, like fuck Franklin Richards. And he's like, yeah, he's not family anymore, which again, I, I'm not sure what's going on with Franklin Richards in, in Fantastic Four. I think he's no longer a mutant. I know he definitely has gone from uh, a blonde to a uh, uh, dark hair, which is interesting, oh, okay. I guess. <laughs> Goth face. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's uh, dyed his hair or something. I, I don't know. But yeah, so, no, it, it, yeah, it's a great little comic. Uh, do not read it uh, standalone. It will be confusing. Um, yeah. This, yeah, this feels like I like I like I couldn't just read no, this comic. No, no I would no. be go back to lost. Yeah, House of X and Powers of X, and then just continue from there. Yeah, um, literally every single uh, X Men comic book. Read them from uh, from that moment, except Fallen you'll, Angels. You'll you don't need to read yeah. Fallen Angels. Yeah, yeah, you can I'm not going to read any of them. Like this. That's the trick. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You don't need to. You've got a Zamet. Yeah, exactly. I'll just yell at, at your you beck and call. The room. I'll just, I'll just like, hey. yeah, I could get it all by osmosis. So mm-hmm. I've got a vague understanding mm. of everything that's happening. Yeah. yeah, but no, it's it's a great step forward for mutantdom. I'm a big big fan of what what's going on. We got to meet some of the uh, other mutants from Aroka, who was like one was this giant caterpillar lad who just kind of like splurts and cool. like, almost explodes themselves to kind of chew up the dirt to make it more habitable you've got some giant unit who is this like tall fish guy oh. he cuts himself and he's like right that's gonna be my blood's gonna be the water on mars and it does <laughs> okay and you got someone cool. who just teleports the giant external portal uh which is of course the external portal made from the bones of the external mutants of, who yeah, are the, the immortal yes. mutants they kill yeah, them and they make course, the bones of, of the of course. This, um, yeah so they can track yeah you know you know you don't and even that's need how to explain they can, it to yeah, me <laughs> and so they can uh, um teleport to and from uh the island so uh it's it's what a great little uh, comic book! Highly recommend it. It is ah. If you were you were a fan of X Men in the past and you've fallen off and you're like, do I dabble back into it? Uh, yes, a hundred percent. Just you start with uh, House of X, Powers of X, because otherwise it's very confusing. Yeah, I want to know what the tipping point is though, because at the moment, like death doesn't matter because they've figured out a way how to reincarnate yep. any mutant. Yes, um, they've terraformed Mars. They have yes. their own island. Uh, yes. At some point, is it all going to come crashing down, do you think? Or do we think we just... This is the status quo forever now. I think the moment X-Men enter the MCU, just like how when we had the the, the movies of old and how they affected the comic books and we had um, like a dirty Wolverine in just a leather like a leather jacket with no shirt underneath, mm. we're going to have that same effect onto comic books. Yeah, sure. So the moment the MCU introduces X-Men as whatever they are, whatever that is will influence X-Men and then they'll have a big reboot. Yeah, because you oh, couldn't yeah, so have be a like... Re- reality shifting moment. Yeah, I can't jump 
jump into this absolute nonsense you've been describing. Nah. Or like, I can't watch an like the X Men movie where it's just like if it's the original six or five or whatever. Five, Jackson, come on. Excuse me. <laughs> and they're you know one hundred ninety eight, Jackson. One hundred ninety eight. The X Men are now bones. name them. Their bones are portals <laughs> or something. Um, and then jump into this shit. I was just I, it would be so confusing. Um, yeah. Which is unfortunate, I think. Because oh, like, yeah. as much as the X Men confuse and terrify me, it's cool that they're getting weird with it. That's always going to be better than playing it safe. So. Well, yeah, like this is like a long history of X Men getting weird with it because yeah. like there were so many like oh if you look at X Men stories of past they're like we're chopping off to space and we're having affairs with bird aliens that's pretty neat yeah and then suddenly they're like hey we're in a fantasy land and one of my kids a dragon now yeah and like that's pretty cool uh, so like again X Men can go all over the place they're like you know what's cool what if like a giant alien laid an egg in me and I gave birth to that alien that'd be scary yeah and so would. like. Yeah, they just kind of kept really changing a lot of shit in the X-Men uh, back in the day. Um, and, like, with, like, Claremont uh, in, like, um, Burns Run, it was just kind of, like, all these, like, cool ideas and all these things were happening. And it's just more and more as it kind of kept going, as it kept going, and people were like, no, let's kind of keep this the same and keep it stagnant. And you have, like, that, that problem of, like, Wolverine in every single, like, basically issue yeah. um, of the 90s where just things became very, very samey. And it will be disappointing when they reboot this. I will yeah. be sad, but I'll get over it and keep reading the filth that is X-Men. And I will enjoy it, because uh, that is the curse of me. And I'll let you talk about it once a month. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll be so happy. Lucky. <laughs> so, yes, no, a beautiful book. I don't know. Idea, 10 out of 10. I don't, I don't know what Raiden would do it either way. Or if we just got a big thumbs up or a big thumbs down. <laughs> but this gives, like, two big thumbs up from me. That's Excellent. good. Um, so we're going to move from the House of X to the House of Lost Horizons. That's for a true. Sarah Jewel Mystery number one. Jackson, yeah. tell us so, about it. So uh, uh, I'm a massive fan of the the Hellboy comics, Mike Mignola's sort of like Hellboy verse. Uh, one of the things I really love about this series is that, you know, obviously you have the main Hellboy run, but it loves to do this thing where it will idly mention a character and then all of a sudden that character will get their own, like, you know, massive run of comics, which I know is pretty typ- typical for, like, you know, your superhero thing, whatever. If, the, if a character's popular, you're going to get a comic, but uh, I think it's rarer with the kind of, like, horror comics or the um, whatever you would call the sort of, like, Hellboy series because yeah. I don't know if it really typically sort of, like, is what you'd call a superhero series. Yeah. Anyway, so one character that they mentioned years ago was a character named Sarah Jewell and she is like idly mentioned maybe offhand by a character in one of the Sir Edward Grey Witchfinder comics and then in one of the the later runs of that I mean those comics are incredible and one of the later and uh, not very good comics she makes her first (laughs) debut Um, and then I I think there was some announcement like oh we're going to get a bunch of Sarah Jewell uh, sort of like comics, or at least a run, and and maybe a couple more after that. And uh, yeah, so fi- finally it's been released, and it's effectively like a kind of Miss Marple or a uh, uh, sort of like Agatha Christie, like locked house mystery, uh, sort of like a Poirot sort of thing, but set within that Hellboy universe, which is a kind of sort of a comic that I didn't think would work almost like I, I i thought that was the kind of thing that might end up being like too wordy or or too difficult to convey onto the page uh but it's 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 done spectacularly well i'm so invested the sarah jewel is a uh i guess like an occult detective is the idea like mm. so many characters within the hellboy universe uh and i think this one is set in the 1950s maybe or the 1960s and uh the premise is that she is uh uh, on a, a mansion on an island 
uh, with a bunch of other people because somebody has died and uh, basically they're trying to figure out who. But I, the sort of twist is like the he died in a supernatural way, but he was also a collector of supernatural artifacts. And now they're like, well... Which one of these artifacts could be the the cause of his death, and do how do the people who are also staying at this mansion sort of play into it? Hmm. Only three issues are out at the moment, um, but it's yeah, I, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I think recently with these sort of like stories in the Hellboy verse, because I don't know when it when it was, but like a a couple of years ago they they wrapped up the arc of Hellboy is is finished. Yep. Hellboy and We've, Hell. Yeah, Hellboy in Hell, and then the end of Hellboy in Hell, and then even the end of BPRD Hell on Earth, or I think it was called The Devil You Know, which, like, entirely wrapped up the very end of the world. And uh, so, like, that's all finished, and now they're kind of going back, and they're doing, like, well, these are the sort of, like, interstitial stories that were also happening in the background. And I think that's done a kind of a weird thing for Hellboy comics, where they have to start... What what am I trying to say here? So, like... Back in the day, before we knew the ultimate outcome of the world, you could you could have stuff where you're like, oh, we're clearly building to this grand finale, but they've done the grand finale now, and everything that was going to build to it has built to it. And that means that any comic set in this universe now has to build to something that was also happening. And I think that's kind of caused some weird stuff. So, like, they've started releasing a bunch of... Um, just Hellboy in the BPRD sort of short run comics, so they yeah, had like uh, five issues at a time, right? And they always yeah, have exactly. really amazing art teams on them. Oh yeah, they and some of them some of them rule. Like uh, uh, the Seven Wives Club was great, and uh, I think they're doing a kind of like haunted house one at the moment, which is really fun as well because somehow in Hellboy's entire run, he's never just come up against ghosts. So like, <laughs> which is so shocking. But uh, I guess he's always fighting like a huh. big vampire or like a golem or whatever. So this time it's. It's just like a haunted house mystery. So those are really fun, but they have to be quite self-contained. And even like some of those, so I think there was one recently called The Return of Effie Kolb, which is a sequel to a really good Hellboy comic where a witch at the end gets turned into a horse. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, It's awesome. So there's there's a sequel comic to that where Hellboy is returning and Effie Kolb, who was the witch that got turned into... Does he ride the horse? No, unfortunately not. Yeah. She's gotten out. She's not a horse anymore. It's a bummer. But but it's full of these weird little hints to like... So like he meets this young girl and the young girl, she can draw on a piece of paper and what she draws comes to life. And in the end, it's hinted that she's going to go to like an evil magic school in Boston. Huh. And you're like, well, that's... I guess you're setting up future stuff, but it just feels very... Because we've seen the entirety of Hellboy's story, these, these ones that are like, oh, we're furthering Hellboy's story... They feel a bit strange or whatever. But, I mean, I'm, I'm always excited to see what happens. They're still good comics. The way you're describing it sort of sounds like... Because I know you recommended... Um, you recommended quite a lot of Hellboy stuff. I, and you, they are all good. <laughs> well, they're not all good, but most um, of them are. And yeah. you recommended me a couple of months ago, uh, Joe Gollum. Yeah. Which is sort of like... I got kind of like just powered through all them. And it's a sort of similar premise there. Mm, yeah, um, for sure. What you're describing. Well, yeah, Joe Gollum... Because Joe Gollum is set in the Outerverse, which is mm. Mike Mignola's other supernatural (laughs) like it's so funny because it's basically the same idea more or less it's just like well let's play with this alternate history or whatever but yeah so you can see definitely the same themes are there and joe Gollum has the beauty of being like well this story's not finished yet so we can lead to something grand although i must say a lot of the new out of us comics i really don't like for some reason um like uh, a a lady baltimore just not for me very frenetic i don't know just 
jumped me in and I was like, everyone's talking. Who is anyone? Please slow down. So maybe it'll get better. I don't know. So but the, yeah, so s- the House of Lost Horizons was written by this guy called Chris Robertson and he wrote one of my favorite Hellboy tie-ins, um, The Visitor, How and Why He Stayed. Oh, that's an incredible tie-in. Forget about an so alien. Good. Yeah, mm. very good fun. An alien with a wife. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so it's it's really well it's really well paced. It's done a great job of introducing these characters that are all staying in the mansion with Sarah Jewell in a way that isn't overwhelming and is just giving you a little it's quite unlike Lady Baltimore. There's no freneticness to it. You you're kind of slowly introduced so you can get to learn who these characters are so that the ultimate sort of like the the classic uh, Agatha Christie like reveals of yeah. like, "Oh, well, here's this secret this character had or here's this secret this character had can come at you in a kind of like at, a, at an appropriate pace." Um, which makes it all the more all the more intriguing. And Sarah Jewell is such a fun character that um, I'm I'm sort of surprised they hadn't done anything with kind of yet because I, I know that uh, Mike Mignola, he talks about a lot of the characters that he has in, in the sort of, sp- I guess, spin-off, so to speak, Hellboy comics as like, he's always loved this genre and he wants to kind of like play around within that setting. So like uh, Sir Edward Grey Witchfinder is because he loved like the Karnaki, the, 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 that, that sort of like uh, occult Victorian detective. So he's like, well, I'll do an occult Victorian detectives comic and his Lobster Johnson comics because he's like, well, I love that like 1940s pulp adventure comic. So I'll do my sort of my own version of this. And I feel like Sarah Jewell is like, well, I love that Agatha Christie, Poirot, locked room sort of Cluedo. like... Cluedo. yeah. So this is this is my version of that. Um, and it, it's, it, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just really enjoying it. Uh, Sarah Jewell is like this kind of brash American occult detective, which is a really nice change of pace from a lot of the other characters, I think, as well, especially in that setting. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. It's like, it's not... It's not trying to tie into anything larger. There's no, like, war. This is a big mystery. This is a big epic story. It's just like a a fun little murder mystery on a spooky island mansion. And, um, yeah, I'm I'm really into it. So I recommend it. If you're looking for, like, you're like, oh, Hellboy comics, I'd like to get into them, but there's so many of them, and clearly there's this massive story going. I want something more self-contained. It's a really great one to pick. It's also one of the very few Hellboy comics with like a, a female lead, so that's good about it as well. <laughs> so if you want to jump into it for that reason, there you go. Um, but yeah, I, I recommend it. And you can just read this just by itself, self-contained. Yeah, pretty much. Huh. You don't need to know much else about the Hellboy universe. I don't know how I feel. Yeah, yeah. There's no mm. nobody's terraforming Mars. <laughs> it's just human beings mm. and self-contained, and maybe a ghost. You can make, <laughs> make sense and just. Mm. Uh, you, yeah. you could definitely make this as convol- convoluted. I think you, if you try hard enough, you could make this confusing and convoluted. Oh, I, I mean, worry. I'm sure. I you believe could. in you. <laughs> um, so the art for this was also done by um, uh, Layla Del Duca, who uh, did the art on one of our favorite comics on uh, Serious Issues a few years ago called Sleepless, an oh, image yeah. book about. Uh, it was like a like a period piece about um, where like w- the. Every castle is protected by a, a man who doesn't sleep. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> a cool. Beautiful romance story. <clears throat> and the colours are by Michelle Madsen, uh, who uh, she did the colours for a great book called Lady Killer and uh, tons of other stuff for, for DC and Dark Horse. But yeah, great creative team on that one. Yeah, for sure. And it, it really shows. Like, it's it just, it's a really tight, solid comic, um, which, is, which is great. I, and I don't know. I, I think I just found it particularly refreshing because a lot of the other... Mignola books that I'd read recently, I found a little bit disappointing. So I was like, oh, great. Like, even some of the, the later 
the most recent Witchfinder, where we find out about Jack the Ripper in Mike Mignola's universe, which is something they've been setting up all the time. Every time they mention Sir Edward Grey, they're like, oh yeah, he was the Queen's Witchfinder until that business with the Ripper, and you're like, what the fuck happened with Jack the Ripper? Because it must have been crazy. And then you read it, and you're like, that was a bad comic. Wow. How horribly disappointing after all of that build-up. So I found Sarah Jewell really refreshing, and I really recommend her. Fantastic. So we've terraformed Mars. We've uh, ventured into the House of Lost Horizons. Now it's time to have sex with a Birdman. Because <laughs> It does shock me how, how much we don't like like manga anime. That does sound appealing. Sex with a Birdman sounds awesome. <laughs> One of the ulterior motives of, uh, of this podcast is to get Jackson reading more manga. <laughs> so, and maybe you too, Zamet. Uh, so... Uh, last year, I reviewed on the podcast a, uh, a the first book in a series called Toritan, Birds of a Feather by uh, a writer named Kotetsuko uh, Yamamoto. And uh, this is a manga series. Uh, the second volume came out. Um, it's published by Viz and it is part of their imprint, which is called BL Sublime. And uh, do you guys know what BL stands for? No. Be Bo- lucky. Yep. <laughs> it stands for Boys Love. And uh, this is All right. uh, a genre of, uh, of manga which is almost predominantly written by women um, and that explores the love between two men. And uh, right. as someone always looking to expand my horizons, I mm-hmm. thought, sure, I'll give like, you know, a romance book, uh, you know, about two men a go, um, read something different. I've read a couple um, and they've all been pretty enjoyable. Most of them have been pretty like, you know, down the middle kind of like romance stuff. So I picked up Toritan yep. Birds of a Feather and uh, straight away we meet um, a aspiring private detective um, who is not good at his job. So he is just a kind of like a jack of all trades who does odd jobs around the neighborhood. His name is Unasaki. And uh, pretty early on in the book, we learn that he has the ability to talk to birds. Okay. And it is a bil- an ability that he hates because birds don't shut the fuck up ever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, one day he meets a crow and he falls in love with the crow. That's fair. Crows <laughs> okay. are smart. Okay. That's okay. not what I expected. But and so cool. this crow is really suave. He's, uh, he's, he, you know, Plays by his own rules. Mm-hmm. And this, the first volume of Toritan Birds of a Feather, actually made a pretty convincing argument as to why one would fall in love with a crow. Wow. <laughs> I can, was, yeah. Quick question. Yes. Can the crow understand the boy as well? Yeah, yeah, no, they, they can talk to each other. Okay, so they, okay. They, he's, All right. He, like, there's a great, you know, the best thing about manga is that, like, and obviously comics too, but particularly manga will, will have, like, you know, the dialogue box and then you'll have, like, what the characters are thinking. Yeah. So, like, you know, pretty early on in this book, he's like, is this crow flirting with me? And I was just like, <laughs> oh, God, this is so much fun. <laughs> like, you know, thinking, thinking you're going to get, like, just a regular romance book and then finding out it's about, like, a man falling in love with a bird. <clears throat> Unbelievable. Yeah, spectacular. Anyway, so I was very excited for Volume 2 to show up. Fair. And uh, I have some bad news. Oh, no. <gasps> volume 2, Kuro the Crow is not in this volume because we learn that another boy in the neighborhood that Unasaki met in volume one has the power to take over the minds of birds. So he entered the mind of a crow to flirt with someone and neither of them, they're they're, they're like, while Unasaki has more experience, he's been out for longer. Um, uh, His, uh, his, his pursuer, Mitsuru, 
has, has he's not out yet, and so he is looking to have his first experiences with a man, and he yeah. does this by taking over the mind of a crow and flirting yeah. with him because he's able to communicate with birds. That 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 <laughs> did, rules. Did he know? Like, or was it just like I'm just going to control this bird? And oh, lucky me! Yeah, this guy can talk. Exactly. To birds. No, exactly. So he was he basically he would use his power. He can only use it for a few minutes at a time, and yeah. mm-hmm. one day when he's like you know. Basically, checking a guy out as a bird, the the guy in Osaki offers, offers him some dried squid that he's eating, yeah, and, and the ah. two begin a conversation that ends up uh, them forming a relationship. Um, what was great about the first volume, though, and I missed it so much, is that like you had these scenes where like he's lying in bed at the end of the day, being like, oh. I wish that bird would call me. (laughs) (laughs) And like just contemplating his like feelings, not only because like one, it's weird for, uh, uh, you know, interspecies uh, romantic feelings to exist, Mm. but also this is a a species that he, for his entire life, since as long as he had this power to talk to them, has hated. So the idea of falling in love with something that he hates the most, it was a compelling read. Yeah, Um, I can imagine. So Mm. the second book is, is... it's revealed that, like, yeah, like the, the, his pursuer knows that he can talk to birds, and also his pursuer can take over the minds of birds. And so it's about them having like an awkward start to their relationship, and um, eventually, um, the Mitsuru uh, gets into college, and um, Inosaki promises to him that they'll they'll finally have sex that he, the day that he gets into college. And so yeah. he gets into college, they have sex, and then the book and the series is over now. <laughs> Oh, what? I mean, I, what? look, it's kind of nice that he, he, he gets to make love to a human man as yeah. opposed to a crow. Um, but it is that weird. He feels like he's being like magically catfished. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel <laughs> ethical for some reason. It's like I fell in love with a crow. crow yeah, I literal didn't fall crow in love with a man. With a man. I, I fell in love with a crow man. It's, 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 it's the same issue I have with Beauty and the Beast when, yeah. when Beast fo- goes into like that foppish blonde boy. I'm oh like, man, that made I me so in... mad when I was a yeah, kid. Yeah, that's not who I fell in love with. I fell in love beast. with the Beast. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm like a hairy man, it's not also... this smooth boy. What a shame. I fell in love with the feathered crow. Yeah. Not this smooth boy. It must have been such a shame for you as well, Evans, to be like, I've been convinced by this comic that he should be in love with a crow, and then almost for the comic to turn around and be like, you idiot. Of course he shouldn't be in love with a crow. He should be in love with a man who is in a crow. You know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a, a, a wild roller coaster. Um, sounds like, like it. You know, it sounds ridiculous to, to recap it, but there are, like, you know, really well-conveyed emotions uh, in this book for, through the writing and the art, which is just, you know, it's that really nice, effortless kind of, like, slice-of-life conversational um, artwork that really is well-suited to a book like this. Uh, yeah, again, the story and art is by uh, Kotetsuko Yamamoto, and uh, she's apparently got a, a bunch of other series on the way, so I will be looking out for her books. Um, look, if anyone has... Uh, has a recommendation for a book where a man actually does consummate his love with a crow. <laughs> with a crow? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have been playing a lot of the video game Death's Door where you are a crow with a sword. He doesn't get fucked either. Yeah. So, That's yeah, look, true. I think we've all been playing that game quite a lot. Yeah, and I've not noticed any sex happening yeah. to the protagonist of Death's saying, Door. Look, creators, maybe 2022 is the year of crow sex. Yeah, I think it should be. <laughs> Phase five think- of the MCU. Every yeah. character fucks Every a crow. Every character's fucking crows. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, uh, Odin's got them two ones that are his a, eyes or whatever. That's true. It would be a drastic change Very much. from the current MCU's run, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. audiences would... Uh, Appreciate. Yeah, I think they'd come to understand. Well, you can let us know uh, if if which which, which uh, popular superheroes you, you'd like to see enter romantic relationships <laughs> with crows in twenty twenty two. We have Facebook. a Facebook group, uh, facebook.com dot com slash group slash serious issues podcast with a few thousand people in it. And if you want to talk about the podcast in there, I'd love that. Uh, we also have a, uh, a Sans Pants Radio Discord with a serious issues channel in it. You can talk mm-hmm. about the podcast and comics in general, including recommending comics for us to try in the future, especially yeah, if they have crows in them. Um, yeah. <laughs> You can catch uh, Zamet and Jackson on several Sans Pants podcasts, namely Plumbing the Death Star, Baseless mm-hmm. Speculation, and Thumb Cramps every single mm-hmm. week. Um, and uh, you can catch all these podcasts that I've been talking about, plus a bunch that I do, including Hey Fam and all the small games over at sanspantsradio.com. Thank you so much uh, to Lit for listening. If this is your first uh, episode of the all-new, all-different serious issues. There's there's years of the podcast that you can go back and listen to, or you can catch us back here next week for another episode with the three of us, and then oh, yeah. future episodes with different guests in the in the future. But uh, Jackson, Zamet, thank you so much for, for, for bringing this baby back to life. Hey. Any time. Just call me an Omega mutant <laughs> that can terraform a podcast. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you want to hear more, just search for Serious Issues on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.